How do you move forward if your partner doesn't acknowledge the depths of your pain? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. going to be a good one, Brandon. We've got an awesome guest ready to go with us today. Um, before we do that, we're kind of getting into the realm now where we finally set a date. And uh, I don't know when we're going to announce it formally, but we, we've been looking at putting together a women's retreat sometime in the spring. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we, we had a meeting about it this morning, so that's probably why it's on your mind, Tyler. But yeah. um, we're looking at the end of March-ish. Uh, we'll get you more information about it. Uh, get you a landing page, website, get that information out. So um, we're still kind of in it, in its infancy in terms of of getting it together, marketing it. But I'm glad you brought it up, Tyler. I, I hope that a lot of women come to it. I'm pumped about it. I think it's going to be awesome. So, yeah, we'll have more, more info to come here in the next episode or two. But um, yeah, should we jump into this, Brandon? Yeah, let's dive right in. Uh, we got PJ with us today. PJ, I'm I'm glad you're here. Uh, if you just give us a little bit of background, tell us what's going on with you, and then then ask ask whatever you need to ask. Sure. Um, whew. So I'm PJ, uh, and I grew up in a very abusive home. Both of my parents were addicts, um, both drug addicts, but eventually my dad became an alcoholic because he got fired from a job, but my dad was also a sex and porn addict. So I was exposed to porn at a very, very young age. I mean, three or four. Um, You know, when I was little, it was before it was constantly on TV or internet. So there were a lot of magazines in our home and he had them spread out all over the house. So you're going to get a coat from the coat closet. You're going to see my dad's porn magazines. You need to go get a hammer from the shed, porn magazines. Um, and then later in life, once you could, you know, watch it on TV, he would just watch it on TV. And our living room was in the middle of the house. So you just walk in and and see that. And I even remember talking to my mom about it because they made me go to church, which was really confusing with the chaos in my home. But I knew it was wrong, and she basically told me I was a busybody and stay out of people's business. So mm. it was a hard experience growing up, but very early on from these experiences, I immediately had like a very modest life. I dressed very modestly. Um, I wanted to be the opposite of the women I was seeing my dad consume. Um, And we also knew he was cheating on my mother. So I just wanted to make sure I was being the opposite of these women attracting someone like my dad, because I never wanted to attract someone like my dad. Mm. Um, So Fast forward, I meet my husband who has an undergrad in English biblical literature. He's been a youth minister multiple times. Um, he, I mean, on our first date, I tell him all these things because I'm still trying to avoid anybody that touches any of this trauma I had as a child. And he's a good Christian man who doesn't do any of those things and will protect me. Um, I'm a 
a little bit of an overshare, which you'll see. So I, I, I dumped it on him on our first date, and he wanted to have a second one. So, man, I must have found, a, you know, a decent human being. So we had a very whirlwind romance, started dating, got engaged at four months, married at nine months. He joined the Army. We moved, um, felt very comfortable. And seven years into our marriage, I found out that he had an extreme of porn addiction, like every day, multiple times a day which was soul crushing. And I found out when our son was a year old and I was eight weeks pregnant with our daughter. So already like a mega hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found out just because I knew. I just knew. After seven years of marriage, I don't know. But I woke up one day and I just knew and confronted him about it until he admitted it. And then when our daughter was four months old, I just knew there was more I didn't know. And so then at that point he admitted that in the first several years of our marriage, he had gone to multiple sexual massages and he would also sometimes go to strip clubs, sometimes just to watch, sometimes to actually get lap dances. And some of these things even happened while I was on mission. I went to Peru for uh, a five week mission and these things were happening while I was there. Um, and at that point I have a two year old, a four month old. Uh, I mean, I'm obvious I was invested from this marriage the second I said I do, but man, you're like, I mean, you're in this Mm -hmm. and I chose to want to work it out because I do believe there's a very great man in there, but that was four years ago and y'all are interviewing me in my own bedroom in my home because, um, he just doesn't, he doesn't show up. Um, so the only other thing I really need to say here is in the past four years, I've been the one, like I'm sure you hear most wives researching, trying to find resources, trying to figure all the stuff out. And within this time, I've had two miscarriages, two second trimester miscarriages. Mm. So I actually had to deliver those. Oh. And, and all around those are still relapses and lies. And I have made pretty poor choices in coping in the past four years. I, um, I have drank a lot. I have been irresponsible with drinking. I hate that. I'm ashamed of it, but I did. Um, and so that's something that kind of gets used against me a lot. But um, even our last, our child that was born in, uh, I delivered her in April 2020. He was relapsing in the hospital. And this is COVID times. So we couldn't leave our hospital room. So he was relapsing right um, there next to you. Like in the, yeah, right next to me or in the bathroom or, you know, whatever, while I'm literally delivering our child. So I'm not okay with how I have chosen to cope with things, but I've been through a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. Um, so currently we're in separate bedrooms. We, we are kind to each other. We take care of our kids, but he is not on board. He doesn't believe my pain. I tell him the analogy is like, I grew up in a home where people abused me and I wanted to avoid that. And I just jumped right into a relationship just like that. Who's still doing basically the same things and it hurts. And he says, actually the analogy would be complete. If you said you went from an abusive home to moving into my house where I punched the wall not you, but you act as if I punched you. Mm-hmm. And it's very different. Mm-hmm. So he is not on board with the trauma that has been caused to me yeah. at all. Yeah. Is he doing 
any therapy or getting any help or doing anything for, for his addiction? Not at the moment. Um, he's done it kind of on and off um, over the years. And he actually was in a pretty good stretch from January to April. But then April was the anniversary of our daughter. And that was very triggering for me. Um, and that's when he started to relapse again mostly blaming me saying that I wasn't being the same. I wasn't being as supportive, which hello, I'm kind of reliving something. Mm. Um, and so from April till now, so pretty much seven months, it has just been chaos. Um, about a week ago, he said he wanted to move forward and wanted to work on things. So I said I would take baby steps and I needed him to take his own steps, but he hasn't, um, not that I have seen. Maybe he is doing things, but I haven't seen or heard if he is actually doing anything. Okay. PJ, uh, appreciate you coming on. There's obviously a lot to what you just said. I'm sorry for all the pain that you've experienced and are currently experiencing. Um, there's a there's a lot there. Um, what what made you decide to come on? How can we help today? I would like to be able to communicate with him or even have y'all as mental health, you know, uh, counselors who have a lot of research, who have maybe man to man. Um, I would like for it to be clear to him. I think he's in denial about the actions that he has made. I would really love to be able to find some sort of communication, some understanding that, he is not a, he's not a monster. He's not a terrible person, but he's done some terrible things that have hurt me more than he's willing to admit to or to give credit to. So I'm just this like dramatic, over-emotional woman, but I can't move forward with a man who dismisses my pain that way. Right. So is there a way for men to understand the impact that they have made, even if they don't, they don't get it? Mm-hmm. You know, the pain didn't happen to them, so I know he's never going to get it, but. Okay, so so you're basically looking for a way to be able to communicate what your experience is and the pain that you've been feeling and the way you've been impacted in a way that that he might be able to understand it and and be able to offer some level of validation or empathy. Yeah, I think he would live his life very differently if he believed the pain that was caused to me. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you're listening here, this is the Betrayed, the Addicted, and the Expert feed, and we sure appreciate you following us and listening here. We want to let you know that we have moved to Real Talk Recovery. If you'd like to complete the episode, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, any place where there's podcasts, Real Talk Recovery, or you can go to realtalkrecovery.com. Thanks again for all of your support.